What's up, everybody? This is Randy and Isaac. You're listening to The Unapologetics. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we hope and pray that this is going to be a help to everyone that listens, and um, we're just going to do our best to help people know what's important, what's not important, and, uh, you know, not that we know it all, but I think we know a little, so we'll help with what we do know. Yeah, I was going to say, too, this may, uh, this is our first recording, so it might be a little bit rough around the edges, but just bear with us, it'll, it'll keep getting better and better, and, you know, we'll stay on it'll track. It'll definitely be smoother than the last Democratic debate. Yeah, 100% chance. Yeah. All right, let's jump right into it. Um, I think it's just right to start here on the very first one. And uh, this is something that growing up I didn't really think that, you know, it had anything to do with being a a Christian, a believer. But um, I think now that there's probably more uh, involvement that needs to to happen uh, with believers in, in the realm of government. And uh, everyone would say, you know, well, you need to keep politics out of the pulpit and blah, 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 you know, and the separation of church and state. And what about that? And my question to that is the influence of the government there in in Britain and why uh, the people left and came over here uh, to found the United States of America is because there was no godly influence in the government. You say, well, yeah, there was, you know, it was all religious and da, da, da. Well, no, it actually wasn't. That was religion. Religion is not the kingdom. And so they were like, we're getting out of here. It was totally controlled. You do your history. And, um, so they came over here from uh, Britain and fought and battled. And then they put in that constitution that there would be, or, Excuse me. It wasn't in the Constitution. It's not in the Constitution. But uh, as a part of the founding of our nation, they said, well, we're going to say that there's not going to, there's going to be a separation of church and state. And that's a one-way wall. It is to keep the government out of the church's business, and then the church needs to be in the government's business. And so for a long time, it's been the opposite way. And uh, that's just totally completely wrong and a gross misunderstanding of intention and direction that the founding fathers took our nation in the very beginning. So um, you begin to talk about those things and you see how much people really don't know and are not educated. Um, But I do want to jump in here and in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 15 is the famous story where Jesus is asking the disciples and he says, you know, who do people say that I am? They say John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then in verse 15, we'll jump in here. Um, It says, but you, who do you say that I am? Jesus asked to Simon Peter. So Simon Peter spoke up and said, you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are favored and privileged, Simon, son of Barjona, or son of Jonah, for you didn't discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you, and I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly. I'll come back to that in just a minute. And the power of death will not be able to overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven's realm uh, to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. And he gave his disciples strict orders not to tell anyone that he was God's anointed one. Okay, so now we get into it. Jesus said, I will build my church. The word church is the word in Greek. You can look it up. It's the word ekklesia. And here's the definition of ekklesia. It means a legislative assembly or selected ones. This is not a religious term at all, but a political and governmental term that is used many other times in classical Greek for a group of people who have been summoned and gathered together to govern the affairs of a city. For Jesus to use this term means that he is giving the keys of governmental authority to his kingdom, to the church, in his kingdom, to the church. So you look at that and you start to realize 
that Jesus' intention for the church was not for us to wear pastel colors and have good donuts on Sunday morning, right. but it was actually to be involved in governmental affairs and influencing and impacting things, even on a governmental level. Yes. And all my life growing up, I heard the separation of church and state. The church doesn't need to be involved in the governmental things. It's not right to get political in the pulpit. The pulpit's not for politics. The pulpit is for preaching. Well, ladies and gentlemen, most of these issues that we're dealing with today, be it abortion, be it uh, the LGBT issues that go on, be it immigration, some of the things we're going to talk about today, they are not political issues. They are moral issues. Right. And the Bible is a moral compass. And the Holy Spirit is the leader and guider in that. But the Word of God gives us plain understanding of what He believes in and says, this is right, this is wrong. So for us to not get involved in, quote, political issues would be for us to not do what Jesus has instructed us to do and for us to not be who Jesus has anointed us to be, which is the ecclesia, which is the governing body of believers in the earth. So literally the thing that Jesus is building is not a bunch of wimp, uh, weak, you know, sissy groups of people, but they're actually those that uh, stand up and make an impact in their society, in their city. Uh, city council, government officials, leaders help push things through, stand up and speak out for things. Not to mention that the founding of our nation, that you had the Black Robe Brigades, where the preachers would get up and, and, and they would minister and they would preach. And then at the end of their sermon, they would take their, their rifles or whatever they used in those days. Randy, you might have a yeah, better idea. Probably, but, uh, yeah, probably powder loaded musket or something. They'd take them from behind the pulpit and they would go and they would defend the founding of the United States of America against those that were coming to try to uproot it and take it over once again. And so it's been a far cry from all of that uh, now in our churches. However, I think that the Lord is bringing those things back. And so thus is the reason we're going by the name Unapologetics, because sorry, we're not sorry, as Demi Lovato said. Yes. So. Anyways, I just wanted to get that out of the way from the beginning so that we can have an understanding that we're not going to be apologetic for what we're saying or what we're talking about, um, and we're going to just do our best to bring you truthful information, and the Holy Spirit's going to help us, but we're also going to be unapologetic in the process of doing so. Right. Um, if we make a mistake or, or bring information that, that turns out to be uh, inaccurate, which we usually don't do, we will do our best to come back and to make it right yeah. and to set the record straight. However, what we uh, share on this program uh, is what we understand to be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but. So we're not going to apologize about that. So, with the, with the ecclesia, you know, as a as a Christian, I hope everybody is at least voting at a bare minimum. Oh my goodness! If you're not, you're you're not standing up to mm-hmm. wrong at all because you know the way our country works is you vote people in and then they make policy and. We don't get much of a say after that right. other than, you know, voting them out. And so really our hand, if we're not actively participating in the government as an individual, the only thing we can really do is to to pray and vote the right people in office. Mm-hmm. And so at a, at a bare minimum, people need to be uh, knowledgeable of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And if you are not willing to stand up with your voice, then at least raise your hand and vote. You right. know, that's that exactly. to me is a bare minimum of what you should be doing in the body of Christ. So. There's a saying that says you cannot complain about what you tolerate. Yeah. And so we have to be people that get up and, and like you say, and vote. And, and, and we actually have that coming up, the primaries, and uh, going in there and, and selecting and electing different people. So we need to be aware. We need to do a little research. Everybody has a smartphone uh, these days. And if you don't, um, you know, prayerfully, uh, you can get one. I don't know how you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't... <laughs> Your phone still flips. Uh, might have a problem. Might have a bit of an issue. If you have a flip phone and we get like 100 subscribers to our channel, maybe we could give away something slightly yeah. above a flip phone. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> First like gen a, iPod. An, yeah. Or a Nokia uh, brick. <laughs> yes. With snake. Snake. On it. Yes. That, that please. Would be great. No, uh, I definitely agree with you. And, and we have to do that. And we have to be aware. And we have to get out there. They said. I remember my father telling a story one time. He was in a prayer meeting with with some other leaders and pastors and everything, and they were saying that uh, Jesus said that we are to obey the laws of the land, and so he he didn't speak out against Caesar and mm. and da da da. Well, that was the Roman Empire. We don't live in the Roman Empire. Right. We live in the United States of America, and um, we 
if we're going to obey what Jesus said, then that means we're going to have to speak up and to vote. And when something's not right or something's something's going wrong in a nation, the law of the land is to get up and to vote or to speak out, right. to protest. We have the ability to protest um, and, and all of those things. And so for us to actually obey what Jesus said is the total opposite of what most, you know, yeah. unfortunately a lot of Christians will, will say, well, you know, that we have to do things this way. We don't want to rock the boat. The boat not only needs to be rocked, it needs to be turned upside down, capsized, and we need to build a new one yes. uh, that works a lot better. Yes. Um, so that's kind of how we feel about it. And so this is why we're we're bringing these things to you. So um, let's just jump right in here. Uh, we have the 2020 elections coming up. And uh, here we're going to be uh, selecting uh, our president again this year after four great years. Uh, crazy years, but I think great years. And yeah. so obviously I don't even know uh, what kind of drugs the Republicans would be on to try to put anyone else in the race. I think it's pretty set in stone there, um, and I'll I'll be I'll be glad to uh, see those results happen again. But then on the right. other side of the aisle, we have uh, Bloomberg, Mike Bloomberg, mayor of, of New York City, and uh, then we also have one of my personal favorites and most entertaining, Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders feeling the burn, feeling the burn. So um, just a little bit about these two um, for for people that don't quite know. Uh, Mayor Bloomberg uh, was the mayor of New York City. He was the guy that began to uh, push through uh, the stop and frisk. Uh, He he enforced and and then reinforced that. Uh, He was the guy that... (laughs) started to tell people how big of a soft drink they could have right. in New York City as if you couldn't get a refill after right. you're done with your eight ounces. Uh, that would just be more irritating than really a, a dietary yeah. change for me. Um, but a bit crazy, yet still a very wealthy individual, and that's probably why we can't watch any YouTube videos without seeing his uh, his his ads because he's spending a lot of money yeah. trying to make a big way. His campaign style is essentially buy he's going to out out mm-hmm. buy everybody. So he he has like a team dedicated to making memes mm. and so forth on social media. Whereas, really, yeah. On the other side of the aisle, the guy know. that we have currently is just charismatic, and mm. the, the memes write themselves. You know, and he has a. Uh, strong support base, and I think in 2016 it was the silent majority, and it's not so silent anymore. I think mm. people are really starting to realize, okay, <laughs> yeah, more people are on our on our on our side than maybe we thought. Really was well. I don't know if you saw uh, Elizabeth Warren started going off oh, no. against, and unfortunately she's from Oklahoma, uh, but she started going off uh, against. It, it sounded like she was trying to go off against Trump. Yes. But in actual fact, she had to stop and say, and no, I'm not talking about Trump, you know, all this thing. Right. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. And, you know, you would think that if you were in a verbal joust with someone that was credible, that would be an intimidating thing. But this was Elizabeth Warren. Yep. Yet still, <laughs> Mayor Bloomberg had nothing to say. He had no counter. I mean, it was like... Conor McGregor just jumped in the ring yeah. with with him, and he had no <laughs> just lay down pretty oh, much. Man. It was actually amazing. Yeah. You know, you had to hear this. You know, he he said uh, the one part that I actually enjoyed was he set Bernie up pretty good, and he said, "You know, you're a billionaire socialist who has three houses." And what's the deal with that? And he's like, well, yeah, I work in the city, so I have a city house, and then I have my regular house, and then I have a summer house in Vermont. Good. And basically, he just went right into, well, I'm not acting what I'm preaching. Yeah. And and they were ripping him apart on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. I mean, the conservative side of the aisle, sure. just tearing this, you know, hey, you're a socialist, but you're not practicing. You, you're a billionaire, and you're not sharing, you know, and... What have you actually done in the 78 years you've been in Congress? <laughs> well, he's been preaching the same thing for a really long time. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, and I went to his rally when I, when he was here in Oklahoma just for fun. Right. Um, you know, but he, he's been preaching the same thing for such a long time. Yet communism and socialism and Marxism and all the isms, you know, they don't work. 
you can look at any nation who's accepted and embraced Marxism, communism, socialism, all of those things. The only thing that works is freedomism yeah. and capitalism. Right. Those are the only things that, that help prosper a nation. Otherwise, yeah. the nation just gets stripped of everything. The government gets yeah. huge, and people don't even have money. They don't, you know, yeah. their economy's terrible. All of those things. Probably the best case scenario, I think, is Sweden, and they're still heavily capitalism driven. You know, it might be yeah, let's like talk about that because a lot of people don't know that story. Yeah, so they, they just hear that and they go, "Well, it works yeah, there." Well, most of the people who who promote Socialism and are asked to, use to define it. Sweden, Sweden is what mm-hmm. they go to. But if you if you actually uh, go on YouTube or research anything about the people of Sweden, they will tell you that the driving force of what keeps the economy going is not the socialism side of it. And Canada is kind of similar in this way too. Like healthcare is socialized there, mm. but people pay thirty eight percent income tax, forty percent. Could you imagine? Losing forty percent of your paycheck so that you get free hospital care, which in fact means you're going to wait six months. So a lot of people end up dying because they can't get yeah, the care that they need, and care. it's the same type of thing in Sweden. Um, the socialist there is what they refer to as democratic socialism, which is really just socialism, but it's not the entire structure of the uh, the economy. The economy is still ran by the capitalism side yeah. of the house. It just happens that the government controls certain pieces of whatever it may be, healthcare or, you know, in America, it's similar. The government controls the state or the state controls the state-owned highways. The federal government yeah. owns a lot of the federal whatever yeah. transit. Um, but the usually, if you look in history, I mean, even as a kid, I remember when the state of Ohio took over the fire departments, they started bankrupting everything because every time larger government takes control, they don't have the um, the necessary people at the bottom end who are actually doing the work to say, hey, this isn't working, it's not efficient. Yeah. Or if they have those people, they don't listen to them. And mm-hmm. so usually, um, actually every time that you look back in history, and bigger government takes control, yeah. you know, it, it ruins everything. And even if you look back to President Clinton, at the last three, four years of his term, uh, second term, it really started to, the economy started to bloom. And I remember him saying, big government control is over. We're done trying it this way. And when he did that, he started actually to pull some regulation and the economy started to thrive. And so really, you know, Capitalism, the beauty of it is that people are not going to buy stuff that doesn't work. They're not going right. to get uh, health care that's not working. They're not going to pay for insurance that's not meeting their needs. And so the companies that are ripping people off, et cetera, they go away because they can't thrive. You know, everything in the business world is about the bottom dollar. So if the company can't make money, yeah. and then the way to make the prices cheaper is competition. Yeah. And so, you know, open. Like one of the big things I remember that our current administration said that they wanted to do, which they haven't been successful yet, but I know they're still trying to, is to make the competitive healthcare market yeah. be able to go across state border. Because right now, the current mm-hmm. regulation says if you want to operate in Oklahoma, you have to be headquartered in Oklahoma, which means that the companies that are here have no competition to the bigger companies in the U.S. And, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not advocating a monopoly, but. Like in Sweden, the things that work are the the places that cause competition between two or three or four or ten businesses. Because truthfully, the best person yeah. usually ends up winning. The yeah. the most bang for the buck may rule out, or some people are willing to pay a higher price for one specific thing, and that's the beauty of having multiple choices. I've heard Candace Owens, who's an incredible you know political leader, you know, and, and person uh, that's really stepping out, helping you know even. You know, Black America, right? Uh, kind of understand some things in in a different light. And me, I mean, you know, yeah, different different races. Uh, but she's talked about uh, a menu and how you know when you go into the hospital, it's just kind of like random. You know, just fire from the hip. Yeah, they don't you tell you this. the ingredients. Mm. You get the top layer, and they don't even tell you how much it's going to cost. And she's she's talking about doing. And, and, you know, that becoming a normal practice. And, you know, I just, I think I have a lot of thoughts about the medical yeah. company, but uh, industry, but, you know, I think those kind of things are, are what are needed yes. and important. Her idea uh, is really transparency of cost. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's competi- It creates uh, good, healthy competition, you know, mm-hmm. where you're not getting charged $40 for a Band-Aid. 
which is what happens in the end of the day right now that's happening because there's no transparency but it's also yeah. goes back to the socialism the government run thing you you feel like you're getting it free but in the end you're paying 50 percent mm-hmm. of your income so it's not free no nothing in fact is it's actually free it's way more expensive um I mean, there's a thousand topics we could talk about. The the giving away of uh, forgiveness of student debt. Well, what about the people that paid to go to college? Or me, I joined the military and the GI Bill paid for it. Do I get my GI yeah. Bill back? I mean, that's it's, it's so one-sided to cater to a specific age yeah. group of people to try and get votes. It's just not a realistic idea. Yeah. And if you think it's free, it's not. Your children are going to pay for it or... Or the people who are 40 and up currently are going to pay well, for it. Well, and that's the thing. The, this communism and socialism might be good for a very short amount of time. Yes. A euphoric amount of time. Yeah. But the next generation, like you're saying, is I mean, look at Venezuela. I just thought Venezuela Cuba. didn't even make the next generation. No. It was like two years. And, and what, it's, it's terrible. It's what's really, going on. really bad. It's very sad. Yeah. You know, and we've been able and traveling stuff to meet some different ones from Venezuela, and they're great people. Yeah. And, and it's terrible what's going on in their country. It's, yeah. it's, it's awful. It really is. But it's the result of communism, which. We probably don't have time to get into it yeah. today, but it's all tracing back to this whole antichrist spirit and yes. agenda yes. of a one world government, one world order. And so, anytime you see that, it, you know, crazy Bernie is. I mean, the reason that the Democratic Party does not want him to receive the nomination to run against Trump is because they say they believe what he says. He but really not does do it. Yeah. He really does believe yeah. it. He really is. He wants to turn us into Venezuela. The, the the start. Maybe he doesn't have a, you know, a end times. I want to destroy the country. Maybe he actually believes that this could work with the right person in charge. But at the same time, <laughs> you have to look at the facts of every yeah. country that's been implemented. You know, a funny thing. I don't want to get way off on the story about this, but I saw something interesting the other day on uh, YouTube. People were talking about Cuba, and if you look up Cuba. All that you see are these beautiful, vivid, bright, it looks like New York City with Christmas lights up. Mm-hmm. And, but if you talk to anybody who's been to Cuba, it looks nothing like that. And the reason why, is, and this is in America that this happens, is because they are trying to push this idea. And by they, I mean a very large portion of the media, whoever is in control, they're, they want to push this idea that, that socialism it is works. beautiful mm-hmm. and it yeah. works. And, you know, if... If you talk to anybody who's been to Cuba or you get any pictures of what it's actually like there, and same with like Moscow, it's gray, it's dim, people are wearing the same clothes, there's not enough food for everybody. It's just, it's so counter to what's being pushed in our face. And yeah. It's, it's, to, well, it's kind of, it's scary to me that, yeah, you know, that it could be so widely pushed and there's, there's minimal pushback to, hey, that's not really what's going on, you know, like our... Is our culture blind, or is is this have that silent majority as well? And hopefully, people really truly understand. And if they don't, then dig in and actually do some real research, you know, and find out for yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, there might be some some areas and and stuff. I haven't actually been to Cuba yet, um, but there might be resorts in yeah. different areas and, right. and all of that. But as far as what communism has done and, and Castro and all of that, oh man, it's so bad, just yeah. crazy. I do want to read uh, this about Donald Trump uh, real quick. This is from Prophet Hank Kuhneman. Uh, These are just some little excerpts from different prophecies over the last uh, three years. And uh, the impeachment and acquittal prophecies by Hank Kuhneman. So on May 21st, 2017, you can look all of these up and do your own research there. Um, uh, It says... They will continue to raise up a proverb, impeach, impeach, impeach. I laugh and I say to you, I did not put him in so that he would be taken out. So that was in 2017, May 21st. September 20th, 2018. Let them seek to bring a proverb of impeachment to this land. God says, I've stripped them from their power regarding the executive branch, and it shall stay as it is. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that happen regardless of yes. paper-tearing tantrums. That's right. Uh, October 30th, 2019. My definition of impeachment, says the Spirit of God, uh, mine is and mine stands in the land. There shall be no removal. Okay, and then the last one that, that's on this little post here. 
May 22nd, 2019. What you seek to take out by your impeachment shall lead to your own demise, and in the fall of 2020, there shall be a great fall. Yeah. So there's been many prophecies about different leaders of the past and, and different people and gover- government officials and so on going to jail, uh, being you know prosecuted and right. all of this stuff. And it doesn't seem like right now any of that's going to happen, even though we've come through the impeachment thing. But I just want to say that we need to just hold on yeah. and we need to watch what God's going to do, continue to remain prayerful, because I don't think that the Lord's done with this whole thing. Right. And I really think this whole impeachment, and they haven't given it up yet. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, we got to impeach, we got to impeach. And that just proves they have no hope hope for 2020 that's right election there's no there's no chance that these things are gonna you know turn around and they're gonna be able to beat the the trump train as as it's called uh which i'm a happy you know mm-hmm. participant in that's right <laughs> uh, however um i'm just telling you and and what i see from the different prophetic voices is that these impeachment efforts are really a grave yeah that that's being dug yeah and almost carrying their own coffin. It really too. is. And at the same time, too, it's uh, it's not a point of where we can become complacent. You know, we still oh. have to do our part. Yeah. And, you know, even the chemical men prophecy, you know, they'll impeach, they'll impeach. But nay, says the Lord. Part of that still, though, is it's a prophetic word and you have to yeah. act on it. And so, mm-hmm. and that's part of the reason we're doing this podcast is to make sure everybody's informed and yeah. to the best of our knowledge. And that there would be hopefully an urgency, you know, that, hey, I'm still going to pray and I'm going to go vote. Even if the prophetic word is he's not impeached and, you know, President Trump will make the next nomination and be elected in, Mm -hmm. that doesn't excuse you from going to the ballot box. And you still have to be the the good citizen and the good Christian and part of the body and the movement forward of what the word of the Lord has said and how can we help and, and... what steps can I as a person, what steps can Randy and Emily and my family take to mm-hmm. ensure that the word of the Lord is carried out on the earth? Because, you know, our church teaches and hopefully everybody listening to this knows that anytime, you know, prophetic word is given that God uses people to carry out that prophetic word. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not the Holy Spirit appearing in, in flesh and carrying out the prophetic word, but the Holy Spirit using you and I together to accomplish what yeah. he's spoken. So. Yeah, no, I totally agree. We have to act on what God speaks, not just say we believe it or whatever religious stuff we can come up with. Hey, talk to us about the uh, economy. Okay, so um, right now the U.S. economy is doing really well, which if... If you're on the Trump train, great. If you're not, you know, the the word of the Lord is that President Trump would be the, the, the 45th president and... And so to me as a Christian, I'm, I'm pretty excited. You know, I, I, I look at the U.S. economy and the dollar and I think, wow, this is this is really good. And then as a just a person who's working for a living and has a family, I look at my bank account and say, well, it's been a good year. It's been a good last three years, in fact. And, you know, in 2014, I was looking at my checking account and thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> how am I going to get through the next few months? But I don't really yeah. I haven't had that thought in many years. And so. You know, this is good. So let's talk about the economy. Um, So the U.S. dollar right now is surging. And really the only chance, which uh, Isaac's going to talk about this, for the economy to kind of dwindle right now is the the coronavirus. And more outside investors right now because of the coronavirus are actually pouring into U.S. stocks and bonds because China, all these other countries with the virus, the way it's happening currently, it's kind of causing some panic in the investors. And so their dollar is going down. Mm-hmm. And our dollar, because of that, they're pouring their money into the U.S. economy and buying our stocks yeah. and our bonds. And so our dollar is going up. And we've been praying about this for three, four, f- five years, maybe longer, mm-hmm. that the U.S. dollar would return to be the premier finance system in the world. Not that it would be yeah. the one world finance, no. but it would be the system that, yeah. hey, this is what we're going to base our dollar off of. This is what We're going we're to look at the U.S. as credit, and that's how... The global markets would be determined. And we've been praying for that because we were that for a very long time. We lost that status, but I think we're getting back there. Hey, I want to jump in. Yeah. And one one of the thoughts that just came to me was all of the different regulations that were put on imports, exports, how we can do business in the United States. 
over the last probably decade, I would mm-hmm. say, there has been so many regulations yes. that had pushed business out of it the did, U.S., yeah. outsourcing things, moving plants to China, moving yeah. this and there. And what President Trump has come in and done, yes. you can look it up. This is not like being hopeful about it. Right. These are the facts. <laughs> yes. He's gone in and brought so much deregulation yes. that it's freed people up and major corporations and companies over the last four to five years are moving their plants back here. Yes. Doing the, even to the point, I'm a big Kanye West fan, but he's talked about moving a whole factory for Yeezy, which is his brand within Adidas, right. uh, which is a billion dollar just in and of itself outside yeah. of Adidas. Yeah. But he's talking about moving that here and even giving jobs to prisoners and making the the process of making the shoes and the clothes yes. done outsourcing in prisons in the United States to give people that are incarcerated a chance. an opportunity. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that has set us up in those deregulation, and so that capitalism can soar and people can actually do what they need to do and do do what makes more money outside of the hand of the government. That's right. That has brought about many of these testimonies, many of these stories that we're talking about. And people, you know, they don't really think about that. It's not something. But it went from hundreds of regulations and red tape and you couldn't do this. It just made the economy so much easier to operate outside of the United States. That's right. So you came in here and erase all of those. And now it's like, okay, well, we can move. We want to be in America. Yes. But now we can be. Well, they would, you know, all of it boils down to the dollar. And it was so much cheaper to take business to Mexico or take it to China or Indonesia yeah. and Pakistan. The sad, very sad truth of that is that those countries really take advantage of their people and their Absolutely. especially young people. And so, you know, it's it feels right to go and buy stuff from Walmart, for example. And... A lot of times, I don't even think people think about it, but there is probably an eight-year-old, ten-year-old kid sewing together that pair of sneakers that you're putting on, and they're getting paid a four cents a day or something. You know, it's just terrible. And so the the moral piece of it to me is bring the stuff back to the United States because I am not a fan of regulation unless it has to do with the humanity, right. you know, livelihood of somebody. And I am good with there being child labor laws and. You can only work so many hours in a week, and good, good for that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you need the money, you can go get another job. Absolutely. But what that reduces is uh, the fourteen-year-old sitting in a sweat factory for fourteen hours, and then getting one meal, and then going home and sleeping, and coming right back to work. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's a side topic altogether. But anyway, so the, what this is doing with the outside investors pouring in is it's strengthening it strengthens our overall economy because our dollar is the premier dollar. It's our return rate is higher than the countries that we're trading with. Right. And so it makes importing, also it lowers the cost of imports. So if we import uh, vehicles from China, Honda, uh, you know, or from Japan, sorry, Honda, uh, Toyota, all these various cars or cars from the UK, so forth and so on, when our dollar is the strongest, it makes those cost less mm-hmm. to us. And even in, that includes a tariff. You know, if, if people don't think there's tariffs, there's tariffs on everything. And so um, it does slightly weaken our export, not the ability to export, just the cost that we make, because obviously the countries don't have as much money as us. But really that kind of boils down to automobiles, aircrafts, and soy. Those are like the three, the big ones, you know, and the U.S. is pushing to go independent on oil and all these well, other you gotta things. you've got to get so. your soy lattes. And- that's right. And your uh, edamame, you know, that's the good stuff. So, But currently the economy is uh, expanding. It's 128 months straight now. Uh, that's the lar- longest it's been um, ever in history. And another sector that's a, a prime indicator of the economy is uh, new home building. And those permits are up to the highest level in 13 years. You know, we talked about this a few weeks ago in our in our church prayer. But um, falling interest rates, which will continue to happen as our we bolster the economy in comparison to the rest, will continue. And then that'll push those new, co- new home permits yeah. up further and further and further. So that's going to keep going up. Declining applications for unemployment benefits, uh, there's a higher consumer confidence, and we have record stock prices and cheaper credit. All, I mean, all these things push the index of how the U.S. is doing higher and higher. Yeah. And last year, we didn't hit our mark of what President Trump wanted to do. He wanted 3% uh, growth mm-hmm. every year. And so I think we're at 2.8 or something. I can look it up. but Very close. Yeah, very close. Big picture, the U.S. economy is plowing ahead. 
minimum 2% pace of growth and a record expansion that's already 10 over 10 years old. And it looks like it's likely to continue. And growing worries about the cor- uh, coronavirus will be dealt with with the prophetic word and more people that believe the natural and the spiritual. And so, yeah, it looks like a big deal, a pandemic, epidemic, whatever you want to call it. But that's, and Isaac will go into this, but that's not what the word of the Lord is over that. Um, well, let me just jump yeah. into it now, and then we don't have to try to remember to come back. Sure. Um, Prophet Hank Kuhneman out of Omaha, Nebraska, um, the place of great stakes and Warren Buffett, um, he said, had a prophetic word, and you can look up the video, but I'll just give you uh, kind of the gist of it, and you can go and, and search it and watch the video. Uh, but he said, many are worried about the coronavirus, um, which we know came from a communist nation. It wasn't from the United States. It wasn't from North America. It was from a communist nation. The place that has the government-run health care yes. that we're so yes. scared of getting here. <laughs> that was having riots yes. in Hong Kong. We won't get into all the yeah. conspiracy quote theories. Um, however, he said, uh, my mercy shall be the quarantine of what they have spoken. And so the the word says from Prophet Hank Kuhneman, he, he prophesied and said, the mercy of God will be the quarantine against this virus. So there's many people that are like really afraid and and, and freaking out, wearing diapers over their face. Yeah, they're scared uh, of SARS again, thinking that's what's going to happen. Yeah, so I, I mean, there's two things. Number one, we have this prophetic word from a trusted and seasoned prophet in our nation that has so many uh, good things to say. And then you have to kind of look as well. If the person that's prophesying, releasing the word doesn't love our nation and the nations of the earth, I don't really listen to people that don't have a love for the people that they're prophesying that's to. That's right. Because faith works by love. The gifts work by love. And yeah. if you don't have any love in your heart for the people that you're prophesying to, you just want to, you know, like, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, a former president's pastor, God don't bless America, God damn America. Right. Well, no thanks. Yeah. And I don't think he listened to that one. Yeah. So, I, I don't want to listen to 40 minutes of Harbingers, personally. I want to know what the Lord's saying, but, God. you know, we're supposed to exhort and build the people up. That's the point of the yes. prophetic. And so he, he said, my mercy shall be the quarantine of what they have spoken. So the mercy of God is going to be shown. And this coronavirus, he said, is going to be just broken yes. and crushed. And he said, just like the bird flu, I yes. clip the wings off the bird flu and I'll, cr- I'll smack my hands together and crush this coronavirus. So, you know, if you like corona uh, with, with a lime <laughs> or anything like that, you know, I'm sorry. But this coronavirus is just not going to be able to stand. That's right. And even President President Trump put out a, a message today on social media, um, which everybody gets all up in arms that he uses Twitter and social media. But in actual fact, that's one of the only ways that he can get out information oh, yeah. without being straight to the public, you know, totally, yeah. you know, sifted and filtered through. And so he said, uh, "The coronavirus is under control in the United States of America." Enough said. Boom, right there. So if you're worried about that, you can stop being worried about it. The Lord protects those that that honor Him and walk with Him. And it says that any deadly virus, deadly thing, deadly serpent, deadly corona, bad beer, you know, all of this stuff, we don't drink, but it's a little (laughs) joke. Any of these things will not be able to harm you. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near your dwelling. Take communion every day. Submit your life to the Lord. You know, I got food poisoning the other day from eating. It wasn't the coronavirus, but I quickly got over it. Yes. And I'm well today, just a few hours after it happened, you know, all of that stuff. So the Lord takes care of his people, and we don't need to be believers or Christians that are that are freaking out about this. That's and, right. You know, I, you won't, you're not going to catch me with a diaper over my face driving down the road or whatever, you know, afraid to get on an airplane, yeah. you know, all of this stuff, drinking uh, uh, hand sanitizer, <laughs> you know, it's just not going to happen for me. Yeah. And, and I'm still I'm gonna, going to the movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eat, I'm going go, out to dinner. Do your thing. Going to enjoy life. Yes. Don't let this kind of stuff cripple you. And uh, it will not come near your dwelling. Yes. If you dwell in the secret place in the Most High. You know, so, uh, just on the, tapping back to the economy even, I think one one thing that if you listen to our podcast regularly, that you'll see a theme that we go after things that are not right. And mm-hmm. right now in the country, we have a, a problem with the media. And they are 
they're going to use every tactic possible to promote anything that will destroy the con- country, sadly, right now, because of yep. their hatred for the president. It has nothing to do with an unbiased... Here's the, here's the straight truth. It is everything currently to do with how can we tear down the man in charge. Absolutely. And they are willing, literally, to tear our economy apart over it. Well, and the thing is, is that nobody thinks about this. This virus, this outbreak of this virus has come from a communist nation, which the whole Democratic Party banks on whatever they want to call it, socialism, Marxism, but it's just communism. With sprinkles. This this whole thing has come from this strong communist nation that tells you you can only have 1.2 children uh, that, you know, had all these riots and standing up against the government and communism and everything. So it's just a bit ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And and that just lets you know, like you're saying, how twisted our media is these right. days and, and how much propaganda they put out that they would be the people that would say, well, see, you know, somehow this all traces back to Donald Trump. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. This is from communist China where well, this thing came from. And then. they're saying, look at the markets collapsing because of the coronavirus. Well, we had a 300 points or something that went down. It, I mean, it's so negligible compared to how far it's yeah. gained in the last four years. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not going to – it's not crazy. Crashing right now. Yes, yeah, so a crash would have been what happened in 07, 08. Yeah, where you lost your entire 401k, not right. $35. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the economy is so good right now that even President, former President Obama is taking credit for it. That mm-hmm. should tell you how, exactly. how well the economy is really doing to where a former president who is on the other side of the aisle is saying, it is really good. I helped. You know, that should be an indicator. Yep. If you're if you're kind of like, well, is it really good? Yeah, it's good. It's really good. It's really hot. Every industry pretty much right. is up. Right. And so things are going really well. There's, there's a lot to look forward to. Mm-hmm. So, Well, do you want to jump into the, to the next point Let's now? Let's do it. All right. Um, do you want me to go? Go ahead. All right. So I was uh, researching... Uh, some topics to talk about tonight, and I, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to speak on immigration, so I started to to kind of look into some articles, and I saw, you know, one thing that's been kind of spoken about the, and we're not going to speak about President Trump every topic or... Just um, every other topic. Just every other one, and, you know, we're going to talk about state, local, whatever, but just for tonight, <laughs> this is what the Lord has told us to talk about. And so one of the things that President Trump's been attacked on really heavily in the Republican Party is immigration. And they've been called, I mean, even harsh stuff, racist and bigots, and they don't, they don't like anybody else from any other country. And it's just, it's kind of it's wild, the amount of accusation that's been thrown when, yeah. if you really boil down and look at the policy, it, it doesn't really speak to that. It's more about the, the safety and the, the, well, the well-being of American citizens first, and then how can we support other people? And so the, currently, the, the administration, not even President Trump himself, but the, the administration as a whole, has um, begun drafting a bill. And this is kind of what it composes of. So this week, the beginnings of a compromise that would provide more visas and increase the number of immigrants in the U.S. Not much is known currently about the structure, but discussions reportedly center on creating additional categories of temporary work visas to meet the needs of agriculture and construction industries. The key here, the big takeaway, is that this, these are work visas, okay? So they are for jobs that have scarce amount of workers. Mm-hmm. If you look at the American workforce, typically, on average, we are more educated than the immigrants that are coming in. I mean, they're coming to America for a reason. Yeah. We have a good economy. We have a good education system. To better their lives. Yeah, better their lives. And so typically, up front, unless you're talking about uh, India and other countries, maybe China, they have strong math, science, doctorate-type folks. If you look at Mexico, some of these others, most of them are are skilled in construction, laborious tasks, which is fine. You know, that's what they've grown up doing. And they're precious people. Yeah, exactly. It it doesn't say anything about their moral character, you know, nothing about them as a person. It's just that's currently the folks that are coming in, and that's what they're good at. Okay, and then on the other side, so we have one that's promoting more visas. And then on the other side, there's this rule called the public charge. And this was, I believe, introduced in 2017. The courts all fought it. Several states, Supreme Courts fought it. The Democrats have heavily opposed it. And, you know, to me, this is brand new. I never even heard of this. I don't know. 
if it was on the news and I missed it or if I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But anyways, it enacted today long awaited public charge rules that restricts green cards, which is a work visa for or, or other types of visas. I'll go into it a little bit for immigrants deemed likely to be reliant on welfare, a rule furiously opposed by Democrats, but one that officials argue will protect American taxpayers and align with our principles. And this is what the press secretary from the White House said. This final rule will protect hardworking American taxpayers, safeguard welfare programs for truly needy Americans, reduce the federal deficit, and reestablish the fundamental legal principle that newcomers to our society should be financially self-reliant and not dependent on the large, largesse of the United States taxpayer. And so Rush Limbaugh put out an article of this, and they did some research, and they took they crunched numbers, and it's going to save an average of like $60 billion a year. Mm. So the, if you look at the, um, the Democratic reports on this, they're saying it's going to cost more, and it would actually contribute to the deficit. But if you look at the, poll, the, the statistical mm. numbers from the Department of Labor, Department of Homeland Security, you know, they, they put in thousands of analyst hours on this stuff. Yeah. They suspect it will reduce 56 to $60 billion of the deficit per year. And so I, a lot of people have come out against this, and their reason is, well, these people need help. Or And so I wanted to kind of go into the—I I read through the entire policy because I was— like I said, I didn't know exactly what it entailed. And so just let me give a few points. So number one, it excludes refugees, asylees, human trafficking victims, and crime victims. Those people are not included. So the people that legitimately 100% need help, this does not apply to them. So you can just forget about that. If the poor lady has been human trafficked, the United States got a hold of her, we brought her in as to seek asylum, she's not getting kicked out because she's dependent. You know, She's still going to get help, me- Medicare, uh, food, yeah. housing, so she's going to get all those things. And so all these other people. So refugees, war-torn countries, and so forth. We have specific set amount of numbers that, the, that our government lets in. Those people are still Which, coming in. While we're on the topic, if I can just jump in, uh, you heard the reports from AOC a while back and how terrible the, the different... Uh, Border camp uh, all and all of that cages. Is, and, how terrible it is and eating out of toilets or whatever she said, you know, right. all that. And then you actually start to see the facts and people that go there, you know, different pastors that, that were in, in fellowship with and, and different ones that got up and spoke and said, I went there and I did not see anything in congruence with what has been said. Right. It's been good. The the uh, officers and agents there are are kind. They're bringing things from their own home to yes. bless the people Toys and to and help them. Yeah, kids, movies, movies all these different right. things. And so you know, America, the United States of America, actually has a desire to help the other nations. Right. But when you have communism, socialism, and all of this craziness in yeah. our nation. It actually is working to remove the ability to even help. Yep. You can't help people if you don't have anything to help them with. Right. You have to have something to help. And Jesus said, the poor you'll have with you always. Yes. But there are certain poor that we're not to broadcast and, and say, you know, almsgiving and all of that is to honor and to bless people, but you don't go around talking about it. That's right. And the United States of America actually does help and has a desire to help, and the average American wants to help someone that needs help. That's right. That's actually the the, the actual heart of our nation. That's right. And, and this administration is helping push that kind of stuff through where actually things actually get done. That's right. And so the reports that we see about what's going on at our southern border with Mexico there and all of that, many times they're very inaccurate and very fabricated to try to serve a certain narrative. Yeah. What's actually going on is the people that are there, and I'm thankful for those people, and, and we pray for those people, but the things that are going on there are not, you know, terrible, horrendous, you know, and, and evil. Yeah. And actually, I think there's a lot of good trying to be done. That's there. right. That's right. And, uh, and so further on on this, um, some more people that this is, excludes is anyone under 21 excluded. Uh, also, women who are pregnant or who just had a child in the previous 60 days. Um, and then the, to top it all off, the Supreme Court approved it. And so mm-hmm. it's been deemed constitutional. You know, and yeah. the Constitution really is to protect the sovereignty of the United States as a nation. And so I just uh, I, I didn't really understand the, the visa process too well. Uh, what what all it entails, and I, I understand you apply for yeah. a visa, and then maybe citizenship comes after that. How how all that works? So I looked it up, 
And there's a lot of different types of visas. Long time uh, resident, green card, diversity, lottery, which is like a pool of 50,000. And it's essentially, there's a lottery of names and they draw, they randomly draw them. Okay, mm-hmm. and this is, this is outside the other scopes. Um, but the ones that I thought was pretty pretty neat to look at was our humanitarian effort, you know? And this mm-hmm. is what, this the big stir against this was that it's not humanitarian. We're, we're cutting off people that really need help. Well, yeah. really the, the rule is to eliminate people who come in over the age of 21, which are typically working males. And they come into the system, say they're going to get a, a job, and then they bring their family or whatever happens, they don't follow through and they end up becoming dependent on welfare systems. And so then we provide health care, housing. I mean, it is hundred the the how the, like the housing places they've built are so much more expensive than what you and I would pay for a house. And the mm. government is paying for this with tax dollars. And they're getting per diem $150 a day, numbers like that. I don't spend $150 a day on food and I have five children. Right. I spend forty dollars, maybe if that's if I go out to eat for lunch and dinner and not cook my own meal. And so, when you look at these things, the cost is just astronomical. And so, what this rule is saying is that if you're going to come into our country and work, that is fine. We accept you to come in here and work, but you need to be able to be self-sufficient, which means you have to get a job and work, and then eventually you have to pay for your own apartment or wherever you're going to live. I'm sorry, you can't live in government-funded housing for ten years. You know, a a teenager in America, 15, 16, 17, if they're able to go and work and move in with a friend and have their own apartment at that age, a working adult should be able to, uh, you know, comply with the same standards. We have minimum wage laws. I understand that, you know, $8 would be hard to live on, but that's, you got to, you got to look at the facts that it's not designed for that. It's designed so that you can have a job to pay some bills. So if you have to work two or three of those, that's what you got to do. I'm sorry. You're coming here to better yourselves. Part of that is being willing to put up with whatever steps or hoops you got to jump through to become a citizen. And yeah. so if you're not willing to meet that, and you know, most of them, it's not the guy that's actually working. That's not the problem. The problem is the people that come and then they become criminals and they're smuggling drugs or human trafficking. You know, there's a lot of that that goes on that the media doesn't talk about. But I worked no. for the Department of Homeland Security for five years before this job. I have friends that are still there. And it's gone down a ton so in the last few years. Just I'm not just talking out of my mm-hmm. left ear. You know, I have factual. I have people that have been there that have flown helicopters over the border that have th- had rocks thrown at them, so forth and so on. Right. The amount of human trafficking and drugs that come through the border has gone down, but it is still astronomical. Okay. And so the, this rule is not there to say we're not going to help people. The rule is there to get rid of the people that are causing the problems and bringing mm-hmm. drugs in and bringing human trafficking and yeah. you know becoming reliant on our the parts of our economy that are socialized. They're getting reliant on that, and then yeah. it's more expensive for us. Yeah. You know? So, and people actually, if you give them a better way, usually, if there's not a loophole, they'll they'll move that direction. That's right, and they'll have some dignity. As a human being, people don't, you know, I mean, I know there's the joke about snowflakes and living in their mother's basements and all of that, but actually in the heart of people, they don't want to have that tag on their yeah, lives. Right. They want to do something that, that brings value, that is, you know, commendable, and you can look at them and say, you know what, you, you came from nothing, you came from very little, and you've worked, and you've been yes. diligent, and you've, you know, operated at some level according to kingdom principles, that if we're faithful in the little, God will make us rulers or faithful, be able to be yes. faithful with much. And so this whole thing, you know, and we have people, we have friends, you know, we talk this way and people go, well, you're white. You don't know what you're talking about. Right. You're you're racist, blah, blah, blah. But actually we have people in our church, friends, different ones that have come through the process of yes. becoming United States citizens. And and, and they've, they've worked and they're some of the most precious people, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that I know. Right. And, and great people. And so there is actually a way and that's what America is actually built on is being, you know, a place where you can come. Yes. And you have not the guarantee of, you know, all of these things, but it's presented to you. Yeah. And you have the opportunity. Right. Not the guarantee, but the opportunity. And so, you know, and then, like I was saying earlier, if you don't have 
you can't help other people. That's right. If you don't have a surplus, if you don't have more than enough. Right. And, and this is just another reason. I mean, we'll probably knock the legs off of communism every podcast yeah, at some place or for another. Sure. But this is the thing. If it, communism has to remove God. It yeah. has to, yeah, because it takes away the rights and the dignity of people that right. God has given you a purpose. The government of. becomes the God, right? Yeah, exactly. You look at any case study. There's no place where it's like you know, well, we worship Jesus, his kingdom mentality. Yeah, you know. But what happens is you have people that they they are given uh, all of these different things, taken away their dignity. You know, everything's the same, all of that, and they don't have you know any even any hope to move forward and, and to do anything greater or right. better. But the kingdom way is to be faithful, to be diligent, to keep moving forward, to honor the Lord in your life, treat people right. And we have to be able to have a, a surplus. He's the God of more than enough. We have to be able to have more than enough yeah. to be able to bless somebody else. Yeah. And people say, well, you know, America has more than enough. We don't do that. Well, the the way the way to address the 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 reason that we're not doing that is not to implement communism and socialism in our nation. Right? Are you kidding? Me? Right? You know, that that's actually not the desire to help other people. It's actually the desire to get rich yourself. That's and, right. It's all about control rule. and power. You know, I think uh, I think we could leave a little teaser that maybe on the next podcast we could go over some of the communist manifesto. And, I thought about that too. And the yeah. and the parallels to yeah. what's being pushed as this is the way mm-hmm. and you can see that it's it's like right out of the playbook of oh it's so uh, obvious how to take control of a country mm-hmm. and you know it's not for the good of the people it's for the good of the person or the right. the select elite at Listen, the top my dad spent time in russia right after the the what did the iron curtain yeah. fell okay he went there and saw and heard the stories and the people told him, tell us about America. Tell right. us about Americans because right. all we've heard is they're terrible, bad people. You know, they when, when they started to hand out Bibles to, to different churches and underground groups that are now able to be above ground because that, that curtain fell, they were like, it, you would have thought they're handing out million-dollar bills right. when they're handing out those Bibles because the re, you have to remove the word. You have to remove the kingdom. Yeah, hope, faith, freedom. Those are the resounding principles right. that they pull immediately. And you see, you see, you know, the secret police and and all of this in their in their expensive clothes and their girls on their arms that are thirty years younger than them and. And, and they're eating caviar and uh, all of these expensive, lavish lifestyles. And then you go to the average person and they're wearing a size 14 shoe when they're actually a size 9. Right. And they're eating, you know, bread and government cheese. You yes. know, God has better for people. That's right. You know, that's not God's desire for people. Yeah. And, and it's such oppression and depression. You can go and just watch modern day videos of yeah. people that are on YouTube and they go to these places. You could just see by looking. You know, the people still have that dignity that they're created, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made, but it's been so oppressed. And that's really what communism is, is oppression and pushing down uh, of people's creativity and freedom and and all that. And and that's what the enemy and what, unfortunately, the Democratic Party has ran on that platform uh, of embracing communism. Right. And, you know, people might disagree or they might say, well, you know, that's that's your opinion, blah, blah, blah. But if you really look at the facts, you, it, it's really hard to deny this is what it's come to. Yeah. But I believe that the Lord is moving in our nation and in the nations of the earth. Yeah, you know, we yeah. don't just minister here in the United States. Right. You know, we've been different places and yes. in different countries. And I, I can just hear that sound of, of awakening uh, coming here to our nation and to the nations of the earth. So, yes, um, I, I just think that we should just pray real quick, and uh, and then we'll just end this podcast. It's been great. Yeah. Uh, but but I just want to do that. And so if you're listening, just join with us. Even though this is pre-recorded and everything, but but just join with us and uh, just pray. Let's just lift up our nation and and just ask the Lord for a third great awakening to Amen. come. Amen. So Father, we just. Uh, 
come before you right now, and we appeal to heaven, Lord, and, and the founding of our nation where they waved that flag and they said, we don't have anything, any other option left, uh, but we're going to appeal to the God that's the evergreen and everlasting God. So we appeal Amen. to you today uh, from this nation. We ask you to come and move. Lord, we thank you that you have uh, on your agenda a third great awakening, uh, a revival, and, and an awakening in the hearts of people returning back to kingdom purposes worshiping Jesus, living for Him, submitting our lives to Him. And Father, I thank you that every plan of the enemy will be destroyed. Yes. Every plan of communism be destroyed. Every, yes. every antichrist spirit agenda be destroyed today. Amen. And Amen. Lord, that you would just cause your purposes and your plan, your those of you chosen and anointed to flourish like palm trees. Lord, that the that the church would rise up in this hour, the ecclesia, and that their voice would be heard. Yes. And Father, we thank you for a third great awakening that's coming to our land. Shake our nation Shake from the it, west Lord. coast to the east yes. coast, from the northern border to the southern border. Order, you, everywhere the flag flies, Lord, that you would cause such a revival to come to our nation yes. once again. And we give you praise and we give you glory you, uh, for all that you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been fun. Yeah, and, thanks uh, for stopping by and uh, <laughs> yeah. listening to the first one. It wasn't as rough, you know. I think, uh, I think, I think we was, did pretty good. I so think it was just as professional as any democratic debate. Amen. If not more. <laughs> Anyways... Uh, we hope that this helped you and uh, encouraged you, maybe even gave you a laugh a time or two. So be looking out for these, and uh, we'll be back soon with another one. All right. Until thanks, then, guys. Sorry we're not sorry. Yep, not sorry. <laughs>